0: I'm Chris Farrell from the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, a wacky weekend morning show, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows over at gunnageeknetwork.com. Welcome to an all-new Better Podcasting live chat. My name is Stephen and my co-host today, is SP. Can you say SP? (laughs)
1: How's everybody doing? It's fun to be back in the studio. Sorry for those that watch the Better Podcasting main show and you watch us in the live. Sorry about the little dupe that we did. We did pre-record because I was going to be out of the studio last week and unable to record, but I'm very grateful to be back, and let me assure you, this is live. I am here. I am live, and I just w- knocked over my water bottle, which had its cap on, but I am live here in studio today on August 11th, 2021.
0: Hello in our chat to Current and the Lock Sportscast. It looks like we've got a couple of folks uh, joining us at the moment, and we'll see who else joins us today. If you didn't know this, this is the the loose Better Podcasting show. This is where we go and we ask your answer your questions, talk about things off our our, I don't know, off the cuff, I should say. And other things. We do have
1: some we have some prepared we do. statements. We, we but do. T- they're notes. We they're not scripts or anything like that.
0: Exactly. But we have we have a whole bunch of things we like to talk about here on Better Podcasting Live Chat. And and today we actually have a few more notes than usual because we both have some things that we wanted to quickly talk about. And uh, by the way, for those of you who are listening after the fact, on the video side of things, SP is holding up a calendar because our chat room, rightfully so, doesn't believe us. So they are uh, showing the actual date, which I will say that he probably edited it.
1: No, I didn't edit it. It's my it's calendar on my iPhone. I can't edit that <laughs> stuff. This stuff is locked on hard. It's August 11th. For those that can't, it, it's it's circled in red and everything. It's August. We are live
0: uh also we should mention before we get into today's episode that uh we're going to be away the next episode uh i'm taking some vacation time we're not going to do this episode so we we'll mean the
1: live, the live chat live in chat. two in two weeks live chat we won't do but we will be live next week with better podcasting we will have main show
0: better podcasting main show, main show. no no disruption disruption there however the better podcasting live chat yes there will be a disruption
1: like an earthquake disruption?
0: Something like that, yes. Uh Also, by the by, if you didn't know this, uh I use a microphone arm to record my podcast. This is something that, <gasps> that SP and I are both v- big fans of, is having microphone arms on your podcast. It makes it so that you can get your microphone nice and close to you, while also uh, not having to palm it or have... Big apparatus is holding it. What mic uh, arms can be a nice way to keep the microphone close to you in a, an efficient and effective manner. And I bought myself a new one. Uh, that's right. That's because the Elgato Wave Arm LP came out. This is a new uh, microphone arm that Elgato, who's owned by Corsair, which is a big computer part manufacturer, they and other stuff, they came out with uh, a new set of arms, actually. So they have one that's kind of like your traditional wave arm or your traditional mic arm. And then they came out with the Elgato Wave Arm LP. And I wanted to give my first thoughts here because it is a bit different than some of the other mic arms that we've talked about before, like the Heil PL2T or the Rode PSA-1. This microphone is meant to attach to your desk and basically come out low, towards the user. And what I mean by that is like under your monitor. So it could attach to the back of your desk, come out close to your desktop, under your monitor, and then come up towards your uh, user. So bringing the microphone close to you as opposed to like a swing arm style where it goes up and then down. That's sort of how a swing arm style Microphone arm works is basically it comes up and then down towards the user. This is this is going from the bottom up, and really the target audience from what I've seen on this are people who do want a bit of a different visual look. Basically, keep as much out of the frame as possible. And the reason I say that is because if you look at any of the promotion videos, which is what made me excited about this, uh, they, they're clearly geared towards that because they talk about gamers and and how it kind of keeps it out of frame and whatnot and. That That's kind of why I was interested in this, to be honest, just because of the fact that I do like to pay attention to the visual because we do have a video companion to this and the Better Podcasting Main Show. But also because I, I actually want to make a change here as far as what is going to be um, in my my setup here. I'm going to basically have two monitors stacked. And that's going to mean that if I wanted to keep using a traditional scissor arm type thing, I will have to raise it even more. And it's already on a 13-inch riser, so I'd already have to uh, raise that. And uh, I have to say, this seems to be in high demand because when I went to originally buy this, it was out of stock. I was sad. But then I waited and waited and waited and found a way to get a notification of when it was back in stock. And then it came back in stock and I ordered it and I was so excited. And uh, I also was excited because I live in Canada And here's the thing is often these U.S.-based vendors, when they ship, they don't tag things properly. And so I end up with custom charges that shouldn't be charged because these companies often charge ridiculous brokerage fees. Didn't happen this time. So it looked like they used uh, the UPS proper worldwide shipping, which meant that I did not have a hefty bill waiting on my doorstep. So that was nice to see that. As far as the unit goes itself, uh, my initial thoughts are that It's really going to be a unique need. And and I'll get more into this in a minute. But this microphone is a little flexible in the sense that the mic arm is based off of actually a tripod thread, like the actual thread on there is like your tripod thread. I can't say that. But it comes with adapters to adapt it to the different microphone sizes. And I really think you should consider this arm in a mostly static position where you're gonna set it up and it's gonna mostly stare, stay where you set it up. And that's not to say there's no flexibility, but just the way it's designed, I think if you go into it with that mindset, you won't be disappointed. The reason why I say that is because like with a, a regular mic scissor arm, you can really just kind of push that out of the way, no problem, and then pull it back down when you're, when you're all done. With this here, there are a couple spots that you can pivot it, but it is largely static. There's a pivot where it attaches to the desk, as well as one halfway up the arm. And what I mean by that is you can basically swing it side to side, sort of in a couple of different manners because of where those pivots are. But up and down, it's pretty much fixed. And that's because there is actually in one of the joints, a spot that you do tighten it in order to lock it into the height that you want it. So if you're someone that's really wanting to go, up and down with the arm week to week might not be the best option for you if you're someone that's happy to set it up and move it sort of out of the way to the side then then it might work for you i will say out of the box clearly they're anticipating using a lighter microphone because that part that that fitting that you tighten as soon as i put my rode procaster mic on it it started to fall down so i had to tighten it and that's how you basically help make sure that it will handle the microphone uh, weight that you put on it. So I did have to tighten mine. It does require an Allen wrench, which is included to do that, but really you're tightening it. So that's why I say it's static pretty much up to down. You're not really gonna wanna be adjusting that every week. I think this could go either way as far as audio quality goes, because if you're someone that pretty much sits down in the same spot every week, this actually might benefit you because You're not going to maybe be having to get it right back to the exact position you had it before by making sure at the right height to in relative, uh, in relation to your mouth and being on the right angle because it's kind of fixed in a way. You're really just kind of swinging it back towards you, and you're probably going to be in the same location that you were in relation to the microphone as you were the previous week. But if you're somebody that fidgets or maybe one week is a little closer to your desk and a little further back, it's probably not as flexible as a scissor arm to be able to really just grab that and manipulate it as you want it. So it really, I I think it has the potential for one type of person to make more consistent audio quality. I think that for another type of person that does have a lot of flexibility with where they sit, it could potentially be worse audio quality. Uh, Build quality wise though, I got to say, hands down i've had i've seen the road psa1 had two of them had to take both of them back because of problems i've been podcasting for many years using the hyle pl2t hands down the overall build quality this far better far better than than either of those and that's just because the metal feels so much stronger than those two it's thicker metal it's a wider mic arm and when you hold this thing it has a lot more weight in my opinion it just feels like way Way better as far as the metal build quality goes. As well, the cable management, I think, is better than either. With the road, you're using Velcro straps. With the Heil, you have this plastic channel that goes in. And I think if you replace that enough times, that plastic could potentially crack or be manipulated because it's plastic. This here actually has removable doors that are magnetic, basically plates that Mm. go on top of the channel. So you take off the plates, you put the cable in, and then they're magnetic, so they go back down on top of the cable. So it's, it's a real easy way to wire the mic in there uh, or the mic cable in, and I think that it'll hold up with time too.
1: I wonder if the magnets, which are electromagnetic field, if they would induce any sort of distortion into the microphone, the signal running across the microphone cable. I mean, it would be minor because the yeah. magnets aren't that powerful, but I guess it still could
0: happen, right? It's a valid question. I think uh, I haven't noticed anything all audio quality wise, but I think it's a valid question for sure. Maybe somebody okay. that's better in that thing in that field could could test that out. I won't be able to get you an answer on that. Okay. Um, the other thing that I will say, though, while that is great quality, there. Oh, and the clamp is also really strong as well. It's a thicker clamp than all of the other ones. It tightens up nicely. There's more opportunity to grip on things because it's a bigger clamp. It just, to me, is is a much better clamp than the other ones that I've had. If
1: I'm remembering the commercial correctly, it can clamp in places that the other two can't clamp because of its wider, uh, deeper, uh, below the deck uh, clamp surface, basically, yeah. where it, it can clamp to the surfaces that uh, might only have an edge to it or maybe are angled a little bit, you'd still worry. If if I was clamping to anything that was angled, I'd worry a little bit about it. But if it was an edge and I could get more surface area on the clamp surface itself, that would hold it in place a lot better, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, no, this exactly, because this has a lot more surface area. So I I think that it's a really well-designed clamp. The only flaw that I really see at this point is the actual ball joint where the mic clip attaches to. Um, It's plastic both the ball, the ball and the ball joint are all plastic up until the point that you get to that metal tripod thread. So I don't understand why the rest is all metal and the plastic and this part is plastic. I worry that if you were really adjusting it every day, it could break because it is plastic and it just seems like maybe a misstep for them there. But I guess they're anticipating people setting and forgetting maybe. We'll see. I don't know. That's the only thing that I noticed right away seemed a little cheaper on the build quality. Overall, though, I, I do think that it looks really great uh, for someone especially that it has the space that will fit it. Like I said, you kind of have to come out from under a monitor. So some, some desks might not work or you might be able to do it from the side as well. But some, some desks and setups might not be ideal for this, especially if you have a lower monitor. The price, though, I think it is like $100 American, if I remember correctly. I paid 140 I think, Canadian. And it, it's, I think, for the quality, maybe price below the quality. Um, so when you look at kind of some of the competition. So overall, I think that it, there's good reason for people to consider it. If, if they're going to look at it, I know that they have the Wave Arm, which is not the low profile one. If it sounds like the low profile idea wouldn't work for you, I would maybe consider that. I've not tried that as either, and I probably won't because why would I want to buy that when this one's going to work for me? I do think that this will work for visual podcasters maybe a little bit better because let's be honest, the scissor arm, like I said, gives you a little bit more flexibility week to week as far as moving it around. So maybe that would be a little bit better. But if you have a visual component, I could see the appeal to this a lot. And again, that's why I was interested in this. I want to see what happens though with that clip because I, I, I want to double tap that just because this the area that has the clip in there being plastic, it could be one of those things that it holds up. But because it's plastic, it could be one of those things that in six months from now, I might have a problem with it. So. Build quality is great, but I do want to just put a little asterisk on that because you just don't know. And, and it's new. So you won't know until people have used it lo- uh, longer. As well, the other thing that I, I want to mention, and if you go look at the unboxing video on betterpodcasting.com, you can see this at the very end. I noticed as I was putting it away by one of sort of the pivot spot, spots, there was almost like a miscast of the metal or something like that, where there's a bit of a rough surface that looked like it had. I don't know, been painted over or, or whatever, where it just looked like something maybe happened incorrectly in the manufacturing process. I think for most people, it's fine because it's out of the camera. I don't see it without lights directly on it, but I thought it was worth a mention just because, hey, if potentially you're doing this for video reasons and it happens to be on video and you have lights illuminating it, you might be able to see that it was just on the one side Hard to describe on an audio podcast. For those of you who are seeing it on the video side of things, well, I'm not showing it because it's off frame. However, uh, you can go to see the unboxing at betterpodcasting.com. So those are sort of my quick thoughts on it. I've only used it for one podcast episode so far, but I wanted to give my first thoughts because I know people have been asking about it in our audience.
1: So I've got uh, a few observations and maybe questions for you. So the number one observation that I can make out of it is you don't have your traditional lighted microphone flag. So if you were interested and that's because you can't put it on there, right?
0: Right, exactly. Well, there would be no purpose because the purpose of the arm is to keep it out of the visual shot. So then why, yeah. why would I do that?
1: Well, the purpose would be branding on a possibly a show that's not yours. So on our show, on the video elements, we have better podcasting branding on the template and everything like that. We have it on our shirts. I have it on my coffee mug, that sort of thing. But on another show, you could potentially, if you're guesting on another show or you're maybe an expert that's brought on the news or something like that, you might not be able to have that branding on there and you might want to have that branding on your microphone arm or buy your microphone somewhere or something like that. So you do not have that possibility with this mic arm, at least in the traditional sense.
0: If you're using it as it's intended, which is off frame, yes, you are correct. However, potentially you could lift up the height so that you would actually have part of the arm in shot. And then I think you could still put it in a similar place that might be on like a 90 degree angle, but you, you could still have it there on the mic clip where a lot of people put their, um, mic flags.
1: Okay. And that's for branding. And now let's get into the placement. You covered a little bit of this, but I want to foot stomp it, especially for the hobby podcasters. Cause I know there's a lot of hobby podcasters out there that might want to use this microphone arm. So let's talk specifically about Possibly an in-person interview or maybe a co-host where you're across the table from each other and a lower profile microphone arm would make it easier to look at each other across the table. I know with COVID, there's a whole bunch of situations that you don't want to get into that with uh, breathing on each other and that sort of thing. But let's say that COVID goes away and you're looking at doing an in-person interview or co-hosted podcasts and you want to sit across from each other this would enable that eye-to-eye contact without the microphone being in the shot whether or not you're video so there could be a use case there i know a lot of our listeners are uh play game playthrough podcasts like a DD podcast or or some sort of uh, tabletop gameplay podcast i think these lower profile arms would help in that interaction back and forth however if you're playing on the tabletop it would take away tabletop space so i guess it would really depend on your use of the tabletop game and the surface whether or not you would want to use an uh, arm like this and the other use i could see for this you already covered is the streamer use like you're gaming you're streaming you're on twitch you're, you're doing something like that and you want the arm out of shot I could definitely see this if you're solo or if you're like us distance podcasters over the uh, video streaming side of things, you could easily do that. So I, I know there's other uses out there, but I just wanted to point out those three use cases and say there are pros and cons to each use case. So this, mic- this microphone arm might not be for you or it might be for you. Just Don't just get it because it's the latest thing. Make sure if you're interested in getting it that you get it. Because it will fit your use case better. Like for me, it does not fit my use case on my tabletop because I have no space on the desk in front of me to put it. And the only place that I have for a microphone arm is a shelf off to the side. So a traditional scissors arm with an extension on it works great for me, but For you, it works better the way that you have it. So I'm glad that you bought this and I'm glad that you had a (laughs) chance to use it. And I look forward, as you were saying, that build quality in the back with the pivot point. I look forward to seeing how that fares over time. Because we got a fair amount of time with both the PSA-1 with Rode and the High LPL 2 I'm looking forward to your longer duration test with the Elgato because I know you're going to use it for quite some time.
0: Yeah, the uh, the other thing I think is worth mentioning, and I'm, I you kind of triggered it in my mind, is that I I don't know my current setup is the last setup that I'll have. Um, I might actually bring it up a little bit more, just because, um, as we've explained, when you position a microphone in a different different spot, it does sound a little bit different. You bring it closer to you, you put it on a stronger angle, it, it affects the sound quality, and I think. I'm not 100% happy with the sound that I'm hearing based off of the Gunna Geek show that we did on Monday and today's Better Podcasting live chat. I think I'm going to try to bring it a little bit higher so it's a little bit more in my mouth. Uh, you'll see you'll see a little more of the arm, but you know we've always done that with Better Podcasting and Better Podcasting live chat is is balance the audio, uh, prioritize the audio, but also been very conscious of the video.
1: I'm not so sure we'll see more of the arm. You might see more of the microphone, but you might not see more of the arm. Um, the other thing that I want to That's point fair. out is there has been a request in our chat to put pictures on our Discord server. So you have signed up for that, I see, in the Discord server later, which you can find at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. You can find the pictures of the particular imperfections that Stephen was talking about as well as, as his layout.
0: Now, SP, I know that you have a big thing you want to talk about. But before we get there, let's go and turn it over to our chat here for a second, because well, and our Discord because we had somebody in our Discord last week mention something that I thought was worth bringing on to this show here. And it was from Current from the Lock Sportscast. And uh, Current said, Reaper is well worth the money. I bought my copy a year ago and I use their plugins when editing videos in DaVinci Resolve too. But if for some reason you don't like Reaper, they do offer a bi- offer the basic set of VST plugins for free. No strings attached. It's not It's not the full set you get with Reaper, but a useful subset. So I want to bring this up because we mentioned, I think in the last Better Podcasting live chat, some different editors and whatnot. And this is Current who uses Reaper. If it was me and I was looking for a multi-track DAW just for audio only, I would be looking probably towards Reaper just because I, I have dabbled with it a couple of times. And that's probably where I would be looking as opposed to Audacity, and I know lots of people do use Reaper for different things, podcasting, but also musicians use it, and I know it's quite robust. So I think the price that's attached to it is quite a powerful piece of software for what it is. So uh, I wanted to bring it up just because it was kind of a follow up to one of our or to our last episode.
1: I got a full demonstration of Hindenburg, not Hindenburg journalist, but Hindenburg Pro, I believe it's called, last week. And I was really impressed with that. I wouldn't use it for the type of show that I do, especially since we have a video component at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. I really need a video editor. But if you're just doing an audio podcast of any sort, really, but specifically maybe a storytelling one or a, I believe it's called audio fiction now, uh, or audio drama, I prefer to call it as If you're doing one of those, I could definitely see Hindenburg being a useful tool. It is expensive. It is not the $60 Reaper version. (laughs) It is very expensive in comparison, but the tool gives you so much and it has embedded plugins as well as it takes VST plugins. And if you are interested, I can tell people more about it in the Discord server. I don't want to bore everybody with it, but it is a very useful DAW. Uh, Hindenburg Pro, I, I believe it is once again, and I, w- I will recommend it to people that need a more high powerful DAW that does clips of, of different tracks uh, for storytelling news, that sort of thing.
0: In our chat, by the way, we did have Damien the DM say, no love for my Hindi, sad face. And then he realized that you quickly were talking about it. So there (laughs) you go. Uh, Also in the chat, we did have uh, Jason and Bryant say that he tried to buy the arm today, but it was out of stock, to which I gave him the tip, which I will give everybody now. If it's still like when I purchased it, go look it up on the Corsair site. It's listed on the Corsair store. They have an in-stock notification on there. I did not see that on Elgato. So that's where I went and I put my information in and it notified me when it was available. And I noticed it was on the Elgato site also available at the same time. So I believe because they kind of all, the, if you try to go through either cart, you'll see that's basically the same thing. I think they're all p- pulling from the same stock, but at least Elgato had a notification or Corsair had a notification system. Uh, also, uh, we did have in the chat, Jason say that he was back in North America. If you didn't know that he was away, uh, at the Olympics. So Jason is back. So I wanted to give a shout out on here for that.
1: And he had the opportunity to witness in person, some phenomenal events that were the highlight of the Olympics. So that is cool. Number one, that he is announcing in stadium a worldwide competition. And number two, that he got to see some amazing events. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Jason, ask him what happened. I'm not going to (laughs) spoil it for you. It was an amazing uh, sight to see. So Jason, you can tell that story. I'm not going to tell it for you.
0: At the beginning of the show, you mentioned that we last week played a little trick on our live audience because, well, not last week, the last Better Podcasting regular episode. If you didn't know this, we stream live on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can come to geeks.live when there's an episode that week. And and generally, we will end up streaming an episode. Sometimes we have to change things around. Well, the last episode of Better Podcasting main show, SP and I had to pre-record because he had to go out of town. But we, were, we, we didn't really know when it was all going to come to be. And we also know that a lot of people like to have the Tuesday experience we knew that there's going to be some changes in August and just may might not be able to do every single week in August and and really it came down to the fact that SP and I really weren't sure when it was going to land to record that episode so we thought we would we would stream that episode on the Tuesday and then let everybody in at the end and say hey we pre-recorded this a few days before well the reason we couldn't record it on Tuesday was because SP was doing a thing. me what was that thing?
1: Yes, I traveled to Nashville, Tennessee, and I attended as an attendee, just a regular attendee. I attended, I paid for my own ticket too, by the way, Podcast Movement 2021. And I want to say a big shout out, a big thank you to John S. Badger. He runs the Mercury Theater podcast. He hosted me for the week, so it was really low cost for me to attend. And he really made it possible for me to be there. I just want to say thank you to him and his wife for being so generous with their accommodations to allow me to be there. It was fantastic. And if you want to know more about Mercury Theater Podcast, please go check it out. He's running a survey right now to see where he wants to go in the future. He was telling me some really exciting stuff, which we, he has planned for the next year. So go check that out at Mercury Theater Podcast. But to get back to podcast movement, I had some goals with this, right? I I just didn't go like, oh, let's see if I want to travel so so many hundreds of miles to Nashville and and just show up and and just you know go to podcast movement and just you know, hey, is this thing for me? Hmm. Well, there's a little bit of that, to be honest with you, but my number one goal was to avoid COVID. I don't want to get any political here right now, but unfortunately here in the later summer of 2021, the pandemic is resurging and I just, I have some family issues that are coming up and I just didn't want the possibility of me to give COVID to my older relatives uh, with the wedding coming up and that sort of thing. So my number one thing was to avoid COVID. So what I did is I massed up the whole time. A little bit more on that later. Another goal was to have fun. As a hobby podcaster, I want to have fun. That's like my number one goal for everything. And I wanted to experience a podcast industry conference, even though I'd been to conferences before and cons before and conventions before. I'd never been to a podcast industry themed conference or convention before. So I wanted to go to one. I wanted to be able to learn new and innovative podcasting tips and capabilities. Cause I heard if you wanted to learn about podcasting, go to a podcasting conference, you can learn all that. And in that light, I wanted to find anything of use for a hobby podcaster. Thus my comments about Hindenburg pro a little bit ago as a dog. I think that was useful for certain hobby podcasters. I wanted to spend some time with friends. I met up with a couple of friends that I wouldn't have ever seen in person. Uh, Definitely not in current times had it not been for this. And I wanted to experience not only a podcast conference, but a large industry podcast conference just as an average hobby podcaster. Didn't want to go there to really cover anything. I didn't want to go there to present. I just wanted to experience it as an average hobby podcaster. And last of all, I wanted to get motivated, re-energized, and refreshed to podcast for the next year. I heard that these podcast conferences were great for that. So those were my goals going in. I hit some, I missed some. So we'll get into this. So first of all, I want to do some general takeaways. First of all, I want to tell everybody, podcast. if you don't know this already, like we haven't been preaching it for five years to six years on this show, podcasting is on the map. This was a large gathering of podcasters and the podcast industry, well over 2000 attendees there, which was on par with their largest attendance in the, in the past. And they actually were supposed to have even more people there, but because of COVID didn't. Uh, so it it was a large conference in the, it wasn't like San Diego Comic-Con where you had a hundred thousand people, but you had 2000 people there from all over the country. I would say the world, but that's not necessarily true. There were people I know from other countries that couldn't come because of COVID. So they weren't there. I will tell you that there is lots of money flowing just to put this event together, not just in podcasting in general, but just this event iHeartRadio Radio hosted a party at the Hors- Horseshoe Club, which is like a line dancing club in downtown Nashville. They had Questlove as a DJ, They had free food and drinks, and they had busing back and forth to the conference area. So that is not cheap. I have no idea how much that costs, but I'm thinking somewhere on the par of twenty dollars to $50,000 just to put that party together. Maybe I'm way off, but I'm thinking along those lines, especially with all the busing and stuff like that. All the graphics and backgrounds that were, uh, all the advertisements and everything, the branding that was all over the conference. I mean, there there was coffee that was sponsored by somebody every day. That sort of thing. There's a just a lot of money that goes into having that. Not only the fact that there's coffee there, but there was branding around the table skirt telling you who actually sponsored the coffee. And for the life of me, I can't remember who sponsored the coffee or not. Uh, there was. Um, And we'll get into this later, and I don't know this for sure, but there's high speculation on my part that it's possible there were pay-to-play presentations and pitches. It's kind of almost obvious to me, and in any event, I think uh, keynote speakers for main conferences like this do actually get paid to be there. So it's not news, this is not groundbreaking or anything, but there's enough money to pay for high-end people. There were big names and big companies involved. Mark Cuban, if you don't know who he is, Shark Tank, he owns the the Mavericks, and we'll talk about that later. Entertainment industry was there. The workers in entertainment industry, they didn't not attend this event. And I'm talking about people that podcast for brands, uh, podcasts that uh, are companion podcasts for entertainment, that sort of thing. They were there. And then branded podcast personalities were there. If you podcast for a big company, like I met the guy that does the branded podcast for Samsung, he was there. So these are big names and big corporations that are there. If you're into podcasting, it's kind of interesting to see all this come together. I will say that the crowd was very diverse and very expanded. There was youth, there was old, there was all sorts of uh, diversity there. It it just shows how broad the industry is. And I'm very thankful that the industry is as broad as it is because there's a lot of voices and talent and information and education and entertainment that be, can be brought to the microphone, that can be brought to my ears through podcasting. I was glad to see that all in one place. It just gives me hope for the industry, basically, that there is such an interest from a variety of different people that not only are involved, because this is the smallest percentage of the total podcasters out there, but these were the people that came to the conference. There were tracks for audio dramas. I mean, whole tracks for an audio dramas. There were some true crime uh, presentations. I don't necessarily know if there was a whole track for that, but there was sessions for true crime and there were sessions and uh, put multiple sessions for TV companion shows. Uh, One from the corporate of branding side like companion shows and one from like the indie review show kind of like what i do for uh, legends of shield i will say as a general takeaway that this going to podcast movement or any large podcast conference it's not a mandatory requirement for a hobby podcaster that had been the thing a few years ago that if you wanted to podcast and they didn't qualify who, but if you wanted to podcast, you had to go to podcast movement. You had to go to podfest You had to be there. I will tell you that's not true. It's not a mandatory requirement. You could put the resources like if I was paying for this on my own. And if I was flying to Nashville and if I paid for my hotel for the entire five nights or, or whatever around the conference, that would have easily been $2,000 between meals and transportation and the ticket to the conference itself.
0: And just easily. to clarify, I know you said it earlier, but you did pay for your ticket because I know you just said if I paid for my own. But just to clarify, you're talking about like all the other things that you lucked out because of John S. Badger, right? So,
1: yes, uh, I, I did. And, and also uh, he and his wife, wa- I didn't realize that he and his wife are trained cooks. I mean, they went to school for cooks. Cooking and and being chefs and stuff like that. So like the 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 food was amazing. So, uh, but at the conference, uh, there was food available, but it was just your standard fair Opry land stuff, and uh, long lines and that sort of thing. And if you want to get into conference survival stuff, I, I can later. Uh, but it's not a mandatory requirement to go for a hobby podcasters. I would put your resources into improving your content in your show. If you want to improve your graphics, pay to improve your graphics. If you want to improve your editing, pay to have somebody edit your show or take a course in how to edit better. I would put your resources into making your show better. And we've talked about that for a long time here on Better Podcasting. I would pay attention to podcasts about podcasting and any online resources for industry changes and improvements. Better Podcasting is part of that. We have been Touting the benefits of the new things or the existing things capabilities to the hobby podcasters for years here. And just pay attention. If you're interested in that, you can pay attention to that. Uh, yes, you'll miss the announcement or maybe your chance to interact back and forth with, like, Facebook did a presentation. It was virtual, but they did a presentation. You could interact with them if they were there in person and ask them all sorts of questions. Uh, I, I, the Facebook presentation was, uh, young marketing individuals. So I don't know if they would know very much technical side of things, but, uh, that's just an example. Uh, you don't have to know that you just have to know how to do it and how to take advantage of it. And you don't necessarily have to be at the conference for that. If you do attend in person, this conference, there's a pre-show day on Tuesday. The show days run Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, Thursday night. And this is usual for the past few years, by the way. Thursday night is a big party that's done somewhere. This year it was bigger than ever with uh, iHeartRadio. And then Friday, I noticed most people pulled out. I don't know if that was for COVID or most people were up late partying so they didn't bother coming to the conference the next day or whatever. So if you're going and you have to be judicious on the amount of time that you spend there, I would advocate prioritizing Wednesday and Thursday, the middle two days, and don't worry about showing up on the pre day. Don't sh- worry about showing up on Friday uh, if you have to travel. You know, you've got to b- get back for work or something like that. I would advocate that.
0: Can I just say to- that you missed the obvious answer? The, the the obvious answer was that they saw you in the previous days, so they had no reason to stay once they saw you.
1: Yeah, right. You know, I was the hit of the conference. No, I, I wasn't at all. Okay. we'll get into that later. Uh, so. Tuesday, I thought I could get a preview of the expo area, but a lot of people didn't set up until Tuesday night. And they were actually even setting up Wednesday morning. So when the expo area wasn't even available to most podcasters, there was an expo area in the main lobby, and then there was an expo area behind closed doors. And you could get to the lobby, but you couldn't get behind closed doors. So you couldn't really take advantage of that on Tuesday. And Friday... It was really, a, there was a keynote on Friday morning. There were maybe three dozen people there, maybe. And this is not the big hall that everybody goes into. I will say if this happens to be, if like podcast movement, pod or any of the podcast conventions happen to be in your town. Now, next year, podcast movement is going to be in the Dallas metro area. So if it's in your town or close by. It might be neat to experience if you're just paying for the ticket, maybe the time off of work to go for a couple of days. It might be neat. But if it's not, it's a lot of money to lay out. And as I said before, it's better to put that money as a hobby podcaster into improving your show. OK, so let's get into some detailed observations. And Stephen, please stop me if you have any questions. A COVID impact will just handle that upfront mass, even though it was kind of stated that everybody should be masked up. I would say maybe 5%, maybe on the top end, 10%, but probably closer to 5% of the attendees were masked up. And Don't that was in, me. in any given room. So if you are a person that wants to maintain your social distancing, if you think you need to be in a room with everybody that's being masked up, this was not for you. And I would say stay away from any conference, stay away from any concert, stay away from any outdoor or indoor gathering that people cannot social distance. And uh, it's just not going to be possible. So they tried. They tried a button system where if you had a red button, that meant that you wanted no contact whatsoever and maintain a six foot social distance. If you had a yellow button that meant that uh, yes, you can come close to me, but I don't want any physical contact. You know, elbow bump may be fine, but don't hug me or anything like that, and don't spit at me. And and you know, I, uh, respect my mask. Uh, red, uh, yeah, green meant hey, I'm good to go. Let's treat it like everything's normal and that sort of thing. Um, by several reports that I heard, because of the Delta variant and the resurgence that had happened just a couple weeks before this conference. I would say about 20 to 30% canceled or mm. attended virtually. And so this was going to be like a 3 to 4,000 person attended conference in person and it was only like 2,000 with another 1,000 or 1,500 that were attending virtually. Ironically, the main conference area in Opryland where this was, this was held at Opryland, Gaylord Opryland by the way. The main conference area was called the Delta. So it was just happenstance. It was the Delta conference area, um, ironically. At the iHeart Radio party Thursday night, it was really weird because beforehand they said you have to have a mask or they won't let you in, which was true. But once you got in, everybody took off their masks. Now, I kept my mask on the entire time and the, you know, the few people I was with had their masks on, but everybody took their masks off. I ended up leaving, I don't know, half an hour into it or whatever when the when the room started to get too crowded to the point where I couldn't social distance. And I knew that there was possibility that there was going to be uh transmission. So I was like, you know, I'm just not going to play around. I'm, I'm going to leave. And there was no opportunity to network because the music was too loud. And it, it just got to be the point where what's the point for me to be here? There just wasn't. Now, if you like that sort of situation, you would have loved it. I Heart radio put on a show. Uh, The Opryland had a large indoor open area. If you've ever been to the Mall of America, it's kind of like that. Uh, It's smaller, but it's kind of like that where you have a covered area and you have this this, um, little town area where you had shops and and restaurants and so on and so forth. And then you had a conference area, which was open to that, but it had its own little conference rooms. So if you were in one of the open areas, it was kind of like being outside in an inside environment there was a lot of airflow that sort of thing so you could i think take your mask off there uh, which was beneficial this year i don't know if other conference areas is like that right so there there was that and it could have impacted exposure but in my opinion still a risk like i said personally i was masked at all times you know the only real time i took a mask off when i was with somebody other than uh john and his wife when i was staying at their place uh, was when I took a picture with Amos. He's a podcast producer on a, a couple of other shows, but he, he is on, or used to be on a network with the Undaunted podcast. So I met him for the first time in person. He's huge. Uh, I'm not that small. He's huge. He claimed to only be one, but he looked like he was 8'7". So um, I, I look really tiny next to him. But I, it was great to meet him. And just to take the picture, I took the mask off, and and that was it. But it was in one of those outdoor areas, right? Uh, so it was great seeing Amos. So Amos, if you happen to be listening to this, uh, it was great seeing you. I can't wait to see you again.
0: And I have to say, it was really cool seeing the two of you together. That was that was fun for me to see.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I didn't even know he was going to be there. Matter of fact, he saw my tweets and he DM'd me and he said, "Are you here in Nashville?" And I said, "Yeah, I'm here in Nashville." And he's like, "Dude, we got to meet up." And then like, "Yeah." And then I thought he ghosted me because I didn't hear from him for twelve hours. That was because he was sleeping, and he's from Alaska, so you know he was on Alaska time and everything. So. Uh, it was just funny when it came down to it. Let's talk about the virtual versus in-person because this year, among any other, there always has been a virtual ticket, but a lot more people attended virtually this year than any other time. So let's talk about virtual versus in-person. Now, I didn't attend during the conference. I didn't attend any sessions virtually, but I knew people that were attending virtually. Cody Gop who is part of the going geek network. He does the curiosity daily podcast. He's an award-winning podcaster. He attended virtually. Matter of fact, he and his co-host Ashley presented virtually at the conference. They were supposed to be there, but they decided to stay home. So they attended virtually and they presented virtually. Evo Terra, a lot of people know him from his podcast about podcasting and Steph Fuscio who runs a uh, rev day, which is at the eighth of every month. Uh, we talked about her before. Uh, Both of us have guested on her other show, The GeoPatch Show. Uh, She, I know, attended virtually, and a lot of other people attended virtually as well. I will say, being in various different panels, I never saw an online question being asked to the panelists or even presented to the panelists. It might have happened in other panels that I was not a part of, but I never saw any of their questions being brought forward or comments. Uh, virtual hallway meetups, of course, didn't happen that much. Apparently there was some virtual, like a virtual lobby or something like that, but I didn't hear too many connections being made there. And I think that just stems from the fact that a lot of people have been working virtually for a year, year and a half now. So people attending conference virtually, you get what you want out of it, basically. And a lot of people aren't getting a lot out of those meetups in those uh, virtual lobbies. And I will say if your purpose is to get educated through the sessions at a podcast conference and they offer a virtual capability as a hobby podcaster, I would say virtual is just fine. Don't worry about traveling unless it's in your, your city or whatever. You can buy that virtual pass and you can experience what's going on, uh, pandemic or no, virtually. I think that's legitimate. It might be more money than you're willing to shell out. But you can get the experience of what these sessions are without actually attending. Uh, Moving on, uh, the monetization definitely was the overall theme. This was an industry conference about money. This was not about the joy and the passion of, of podcasting. This was how can I make my content better so I can monetize? This was how could I use social media in order to monetize? How can I use my connections to monetize? How can I interview better so I can monetize the podcast? That's what it was all about, right? All advice was centered around making your show better in order to or finding new ways to monetize. There was a lot. And this kind of surprised me a little bit. This was There was a lot of corporate or organizational pitches. These are sessions which were held exclusively as an infomercial towards whatever the content was or capability was. And the biggest one I will have to say was... The keynote to the entire podcast conference, Uh, there were a couple, but I would say this was the one that was touted, was Mark Cuban. He was coming in. uh, For those that don't know, he's created this new company or he's he's backed this new company called Fireside, not Fireside.fm. This is the Fireside chat. So this is like Clubhouse calling it Fireside. And it was all an infomercial about that. It was slightly entertaining at the start, and then we figured out that we weren't going to get anything that was going to motivate us, any any industry insights or anything like that. In fact, he was regressing to the point of podcasting back in 2005. He was referencing Podcast 1.0. He was referencing the fact that there is no data at all to give to advertisers. That's false. Of course, there's data nowadays. And he was saying Fireside was going to change all that. And he did not have a good concept of the space, and he did not... Um, be he wasn't inspirational to podcasters. It was just all about how you could use their capability to, uh, to stream a show. And it wasn't even a podcast, although you could connect with Libsyn because they're partnered with Libsyn to upload whatever the file was to Libsyn and then distribute it as a podcast. That was it. And I was wrote the wrong way about it because I was expecting. Uh, something better than an infomercial. And a lot of people said the same thing uh, during and afterwards. I had uh, somebody sitting next to me that leaned over to me five minutes in and was like, is this the keynote? This is an infomercial. This, this is... And then I, we weren't the only ones. It was tons and tons of feedback on it. Uh, the Podcasters Academy was also an infomercial. They didn't really give anything of value. It was just come join our Podcasters Academy. And for the record, everything I've heard from it is not really beneficial for a hobby podcaster or podcasters in general, actually. So you can make your own, you can check it out, make your own choice, but I'm I'm not advocating for it personally. Uh, Megaphone, which is now owned by Spotify, they gave an infomercial pitch about how to get personalized data. This is all the data that like through GDPR and and what's the California CCDR or CCPD or something like that. I, I forget the pri- the the privacy law that California has that's like GDPR over in Europe. And they were basically touting how they could get around it. And I was actually proud because I didn't say anything, but I was proud of the attendees because they were like, the first question was, how does this not violate GDPR? And the guy hemmed and hawed and, and it was interesting watching him dance. It was Obvious, he didn't want to be there presenting, um, or at least he he didn't believe in the product anymore. He said it was all vetted. He said it was all available. He said it was all cross-referenced, and that's how they got the data. But this is data that I would consider personal data that's personally relevant information that is supposed to be not out there and used in this way. And, of course, they were just openly saying, yeah, we can get this for you. I would say the best advice, and I actually tweeted this. I don't know if you saw the tweet or not, uh, Stephen. I said the better advice on the panelists was given by the independent personnel that were there, the independent podcasters or maybe the individual business owners, not the big corporations. Um, some, In some cases, yeah, Edison Research, Tom Webster gave a, a great talk, but he always does. I, I really have a lot of respect for Tom. Uh, I have some questions about the data that Tom showed, but he did at least present data and then actionable things that you could do based on that data. I thought that was a very relevant presentation, even if I had questions about it. So I thought the better advice was given by that. I will say that uh, there were very limited hobby podcasters that were participating. I did run into some local people that were there that were actually uh, there to be moderators or room, um, uh, room uh, I forget what you, you want to call it, room, room caretakers or whatever. And they were there just to assist the conference. And they were actual podcasters themselves, just hobby podcasters, whatever. And they were there just for the tickets to get in and, and to go to the party. So I did run into a few people like that, but attendees, I didn't see much. And I don't know how much of that is due to COVID and how much of that was due to uh, just the general fact of, yeah, these events really aren't for the hobbyists. I mean, I know the conference organizers like Dan Franks have said, yeah, we have, uh, we have tracks for the new podcaster. Yeah. But you have tracks for the new podcaster that wants to go ahead and monetize. So I, it was just limited hobby podcaster participation. Uh, the bigger names in podcasting are there, so if you're interested in in coherding with them, I mean, you have to have something of value to give to them. But if you're interested in that sort of thing, you can be there. But this was not a place for a fan convention. This was not like San Diego Comic Con or C2E2 or Dragon Con or anywhere where you sit in a panel and, and you're seeing uh, the, this is how we put together the audio drummer. This is how we put together... Uh, this or funny stories from interviewing and that sort of stuff, that would you get in that, those sorts of cons. There was a little bit of that, but not enough for me to go as a fanboy, as a podcast fanboy for podcasting. I did have a couple of chance meetings. Uh, for the record, Daniel J. Lewis did come up to me and we talked a little bit about the podcasting 2.0 specification. Uh, for those long-term listeners of better podcasting, we haven't talked a lot about podcasting 2.0 on here. I will assure you that I have been paying attention to it. And as soon as it's relevant for the hobby podcaster, we will talk about it. But really, podcasting 2.0 is for the uh, the the media hosts that we all use and whether they adopt the podcasting 2.0 specifications or not. It's not really up to us, it's up to the industry. And uh, I just haven't had an inkling to talk about it. But Daniel J. Lewis and I had a conversation about it. So that was pretty nice. Uh, The expo area, now the largest staffed booth, and I would say the busiest booth. throughout. If if you want to compare and contrast the booths, I I would say, hands down, it would go to Lipson. They had the largest staff there, and they had the most people that were stopping by the booths. Now, they did have goodie bags, like literal, legitimate snack bags, which if you walked anywhere near there, they would hand it to you and say, here, take this bag. And you're like, OK, I will take this bag. But uh, aside from that, uh, I had no reason to stop there. But uh, a lot of other people did. And they had the personnel there. The one thing I will say about the Libsyn booth is uh, they had did have some forward facing personnel. But as soon as they started talking to somebody, the personnel tr- uh, shifted their back To the convention area so you couldn't interact with them which i I guess is okay because you'd want to be talking with the person that has stopped by but uh they did that sort of thing um there was innovative booths there so stitcher had like a theater concession stand with like popcorn and and, uh, caramel corn and that sort of thing there i didn't take any but it, it was kind of a fun booth I didn't stop by there. Jack Daniels, because you're in the middle of Tennessee, had a sampling booth. So you could stop by and get your Jack Daniels sampling. Uh, Jack Daniels has a branded podcast. So they were there doing that. Uh, Spotify, I believe it was Spotify. I don't know for sure. Judging by the, uh, the map of the expo area and the location, I think it was Spotify. They had therapy puppies. Which, okay, I have a puppy at home. I didn't necessarily need a therapy puppy, but a lot of people thought it was great and stopped by, whatever. So there's some innovation, innovative booths there. Okay, so let's talk brass tacks here. I've been to various industry conferences and trade shows outside of podcasting for years, decades. And usually I come away with wow, this this was really neat. Like San Diego Comic Con, that was like a religious experience going to. Was, I came away going wow, and I've heard people doing the same thing out of Dragon Con, C two E two was kind of like that. I mean, I'm talking about conferences and conventions with like 50 to 150,000 people there, right? And like, I can't believe that there's this many people interested in this. And I'm not, it like boat shows, car shows, that sort of thing. I've been to those as well. And you come away, oh, wow, did you see this new car? Whatever. And you just come away, wow. I did not come away from Podcast Movement 2021 20, with a wow factor. I didn't like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I went. This was the best thing ever. I can't wait to go back next year. I didn't come away from that. Now, why was that? Um, could it be that I didn't find anything tremendously new and unique? Could it be because I've been podcasting a bop podcasting for six years and I'm kind of very aware of the space maybe? Um, or, or maybe it's uh, just because I just didn't have that spark. I don't know, but I tend to think it's because this really didn't have a, it could have COVID could have been a part of it. Yeah. You know, like there could have been some people that wanted to roll out some stuff there that just didn't because of COVID. So there was that uh, Nashville, by the way, I don't want to dog Nashville. Nashville was pretty neat. I didn't realize what a party area downtown Nashville was. We went there a couple of times. I saw downtown Nashville. I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that people take, they travel hundreds and thousands of miles with their bridal parties and, and uh, have them in downtown Nashville. I didn't realize that it's, it's a really a happening place. I was there the same week that they were setting up the IndyCar race downtown. So they were closing streets and stuff like that, but that was pretty cool. Uh, there, there's a recreational trail that is on the Cumberland River, right by Opryland, that uh, I went to run on and I didn't realize that there was a decommissioned airfield there. So they had changed that into a recreational trail and me being like a rocket scientist, I kind of like that. And I ran around it and stuff like that. So you don't find that every day. So that was pretty neat. And Opryland itself was pretty neat. So if you're into any of that stuff, Nashville is a great place to visit. I just was there for the conference mainly. So Stephen, I know we ran kind of long today. Do you have any
0: questions? I think that was really important what you went through. And I hope that it helped some of our our listeners because I know there's a lot of chat about podcast movement. And I know it's easy to get wrapped up in that buzz. And it's easy for people to want to do that. And I think that now that you've had that firsthand experience, I think you gave a lot of people things to think about if they're going to go to it. Um, Sounds to me that your opinion hasn't really changed. And um, it pretty much stands as it was. Maybe he maybe gone a little le- less hobby podcast friendly based off of those infomercials that you mentioned. But uh, it's it's really interesting. We did have a couple chats though, or a couple couple questions in the chat. David okay. says, does he plan to go in 2022? And I suppose as a hobby podcast or what is this a great takeaway? Did he feel it was worth going as a hobbyist? Was there tech coolest piece of tech? Question mark. All of that.
1: So there were podcasts microphone booths if you're if you're talking tech stuff uh, i didn't really see anything new and unique there Uh, bsw had a booth mxl had a booth electro voice had a booth i want to say road had a booth uh there were there were different booths and actually electro voice probably took the cake for neatest microphone booth uh bsw was shortly behind there so if you wanted to try out various different microphones you could uh, I did not seek out any new cool piece of tech because I didn't want to try a microphone that somebody else was using. Uh, it, it was just COVID safety on my part, honestly. Uh, the coolest thing tech-wise that I saw uh, was Hindenburg. I just enjoyed seeing that. It was, it's not new, but I enjoyed the demos that I got. Uh, Focusrite was there as well. Uh, Focusrite and... Um, Hindenburg and what microphone, there's a microphone company. Oh, um, Heil. Heil was there. Heil and Focusrite and Hindenburg teamed up for a presentation. And that was really neat because they gave actionable technical information about different types of microphones, what an audio interface was, what was being done with the signal. And they dumbed it down too, because people were there that weren't very techie. Uh, So I thought that presentation, and it's going to be available uh, if you want to buy the virtual ticket, it's going to be available, but it's nothing that we haven't talked about here on Better Podcasting. That was pretty neat.
0: And I think you answered the hobbyist question already. And do you plan to go to 2022? You didn't answer that one.
1: Yeah, I don't really plan on going to 2022 right now. Uh, I might change my mind. Like Somebody listens to this and like, SP, you really need to go next year because this wasn't like it. Uh, usually is, or we need to meet up there for whatever reason. Uh, but right now, I, I'm not really planning on going. It's not really drivable range for me right now. Uh, where I live right now, I could move, and it could be very well drivable range. Um, and I I just I don't see it being very different. I missed the opportunity to go to the very first podcast movement in Dallas. I, I have friends there could have stayed with them at the time. I, I'm glad I didn't go. At the time, because I I think I would have been off put a little bit more than I was this year by it, uh, to the point where I would have been very, very negative about it for the hobby podcaster. So I'm glad it didn't go that year. I wanted to go to the one that was in Chicago, but I didn't because it was Fourth of July week. And my family, religiously, I mean, we have a family lake place for a reason. And one of the reasons is Fourth of July, that the lake has a whole celebration there. So I wasn't going to break that by going to podcast movement. And then the Philadelphia one was kind of within driving range, but I didn't want to go because of various different things going on at that point. And it was on the, it was on the extended range of my driving uh, ability at the time. And I did have other family stuff going on at the time. Uh, So yeah, no, I don't really intend on going to 2022. I won't rule out going to any of them in the future, but I don't think podcast movement 2022 is going to be on my radar.
0: And lastly, Suncast said, is SP really moving to Nashville? Has he never been to Nashville before this?
1: I've actually been to Nashville before that for hockey tournaments for my son. I've driven through there before. I've actually stayed there before, but I never had a chance to do all the tourist things in Nashville. I, I used to have, there was a friend of the family that used to live just north of there. So we would go down to Nashville when we went down to visit. But uh, I I really haven't spent a ton of time in Nashville. So yeah, it it was pretty interesting.
0: So if you have questions for SP, we would love for you to come over to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. We'd love to have you come and uh, ask him those questions there. You can also tweet him at BetterPod if you'd like to tweet BetterPod or at Stargate Pioneer on Twitter. And also, if you want, you can just come ask him the question at uh, podcast movement 2022. When you see him there.
1: When you see him there. Yeah. Uh, I'll okay. I'll commit to this. If you go to podcast movement, 2022, Steven, I will go to podcast movement, 2022.
0: Okay. So I, I wasn't going to say this, but I think this is a, it's a good point. Um, SP was regularly tweeting me regularly, not tweeting me, messaging me. He was regularly sending me information updates and things like that. And, um, before he left i, I said I, I am glad you're going i look forward to your experience i have i have no desire to go to podcast movement then as this was going i was waiting for that thing that thing that he would send me that would be like okay he changed me i have interest I'll, I'll be honest i think i have less desire now after what you you told me and sent me updates and things like that than i did before
1: It kind of really depends on what we want to do in better podcasting in the future. If we want to make alliances and and have guests from different companies on how they can benefit the hobby podcaster. And and in full disclosure, we actually have been approached by a variety of different people that want to sell something on better podcasts. (laughs) And we're like, no, you don't understand. We're for the hobbyist podcaster and they're not going to buy what you are selling. But we podcast about podcasting. We're on that list. So they approach us. Um, so if we wanted to make a partnership with something like that podcast movement would be a decent place to go and meet them in the, in the, um, auspices of every, but we, we just don't have any sort of that possibility right now. So it's like, why?
0: And I, I I never say never. Right. Because again, right. Circumstances had enough people going there. Maybe I I would go just for the social aspect of it, but yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad you went and you gave us all your in your insight to it. And uh, I look forward to you launching your commercial YouTube stuff because now you know how to put together commercials. (laughs) So if you got any other thoughts or anything like that, please get in touch with us. Uh, As we mentioned, we will not have a Better Podcasting live chat in two weeks, the, the scheduled Better Podcasting live chat, but the Better Podcasting main show will continue on as planned. You can check all of that out at betterpodcasting.com, including the unboxing video for the um, Elgato Wave Arm LP that is up on betterpodcasting.com. You can go check that out if you want to see all of what's in store with it. And just again, double tap, double tap. I paid for the arm. SP paid for his podcast movement ticket. Let's just make that clear right here and right now.
1: Yeah, you know, I I wouldn't say no to a a ticket from the the conference to cover it for better podcasting in the future. I, I say I I have to think about it because I wouldn't feel want to feel obligated about a, a glowing positive review, right? But they I don't think they do that. I don't think Podcast Movement gives uh, media coverage badges think, no. out. I think they give speaker badges out, but they don't give. Uh, media coverage badges out. Um, And I don't know if they'd be, I don't think there'd be any audience there for a panel or a session for hobby podcasters. So being a speaker, I don't think is going to, going to work.
0: So for episode number 38 of better podcasting live chat, I'm Steven John drew saying, yep, apparently SP now is going to be in charge of the marketing of better podcasting. I
1: am not a social media marketing person. See everybody in four weeks for this show. Next week for Better Podcasting.
0: Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking
1: out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network, at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunnageek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas.
0: Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.